Uh, this guy is called the Standing Streamer. Wrestling with regret, and you're watching putting you over. Oh man, I tell you, sorry about that. Uh, bar, bam. How's it going? What's going on? I this is putting you over. I am the standing streamer, and welcome back. We were here earlier with uh, Kyle Kingsley, independent wrestler from Nottingham, from the UK. Uh, tonight at nine, we're going to go live with some. Uh, we'll have some people on asking questions as well. We are going to go live with Jimmy Corderas, uh, referee royalty is how I say. It. We're going to have to turn those lights down just a bit. How you doing? <clears throat> Perfect. That'll work. Can't really see this. Uh... So it'll be. Uh... Check, check, mic check, one, two. Perfect. Yeah, it really yeah. is. I know, and it's uh, it's interesting. All right. Oh, there we get going. All right, Let's do it. Cool. <laughs> Cut him right off. Poor Zoom. No, no, no <laughs> plug for Zoom. Ah, <laughs> that Zoom.us for those keeping score at home. Zoom.us. Get it, download it, and have a meeting with your kids' <laughs> teachers. That's right. Let's yeah. go. Let's go. It's like that awkward moment before two wrestlers clash in the middle of the ring. It's like a stare down. <laughs> exactly. It's like a test of strength and Jimmy kicks me in the balls. Oh, oh no, I wouldn't do that. At least not in front of the referee. Come on. <laughs> no. Oh, <man. laughs> you distract the ref. The ref get confused and distracted. Exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're going to bring in immediately someone who has seen his fair share of WrestleManias. Not only seen them, he's been involved with them. He's not only been involved with them, he's been in the middle of the squared circle. He is one of the greatest referees in the history of the business. Referee, Hall of Famer should be the legendary Mr. Jimmy Corderas. Jimmy, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. After that introduction, man, that's a lot to live up to now. Oh, my goodness, sir. <laughs> I better deliver. <laughs> Jimmy, it is a pleasure and honor to have you with us, sir. It's a pleasure just to even be able to speak with someone who has seen so much. Uh, how oh, have man. you been? How have you been doing uh, with all this crazy Corona crisis and stuff? How has it affected you where you are? Uh, well, basically, you know, the show we do up here, Aftermath, uh, 
we we can't go in studio. There's, it's bare bones down there as far as crew in the at uh, Sportsnet. So uh, we're doing some live streaming from home. You know, the aftermath for myself, Caroline Nug, and uh, the former Santino Morella, Anthony Corelli, mm-hmm. who uh, uh, that's not so bad not being around him. No, I'm kidding. It's, <laughs> I have to take my shots at Santino. What can I say? But uh, yeah, we're trying our best. Uh, uh, like we were talking before we went on the air here, um, the challenge is, you know, you want to get out and get some fresh air. And of, of course, you know, everybody's staying home now. So, right. you know, I wear this darn Fitbit now and I try to get my 10,000 steps in a day and I go outside and now there's all these people in the neighborhood walking that I've never seen before. So mm-hmm. now I've, I'm of two schools of thought. I said, where are all these people coming from? <laughs> exactly. So right. They actually live in this neighborhood <laughs> because I haven't seen them. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I get about maybe 10,000 steps a day, but about 5,000 are sleeping. Um, <laughs> I walk in my sleep. Um, uh, Jimmy, uh, it is, a again, an absolute honor and pleasure. And um, standing and I just wanted to really let you have a platform here to uh, just unload everything that's been uh, you know happening with you lately as well as we just wanted to give the nation some insight. We've heard you on Busted Open quite frequently, but, you know, it's always tough to really have the amount of time to really, you know, allow someone with your experience to really tell stories and give us some behind-the-scenes look into, you know, this business that we love so much. And also uh, one of the biggest thing, reasons I wanted to do this and we wanted to get you on is because the wrestling fan has so many levels of passion and so many levels of involvement that there's so many times, you know, that we can maybe see something that's happening and get enraged about it when we shouldn't or see something and get extremely happy about it when maybe we miss something. And so to have someone that can, what I love about Busted Open is it helps me be a better fan. It helps me be an educated Mm -hmm. fan that, that knows what's happening, but at the same time, because I know what's happening, I enjoy it more. And I don't want to be one of these blind fans that, you know, does not give, you know, any passion or any insight to what I'm watching. I believe the more you know about something, the more you should enjoy. Do you agree with that? No, I absolutely do. And, and you mentioned Busted Open. And, and one of the reasons why I enjoy that show so much is they're always so positive And they when they break down stuff, they break down. Even when they critique something, right. it is not meant to tear down the product. It's not meant to crap on it. You know what I mean? It's meant to, you know, say, right. hey, we're, we're, this is what we'd like to see to make it better. Yes. You know, that's all it is. It's not like, oh, this sucks. That sucks. These guys are horrible. Those guys, they don't know what they're doing. And so, right. You know, it, you know, you, you listen to bullying, but, you know, like talking about all the time, <laughs> if I had the pencil, Correct. give them, give them the, uh, give them the pencil. Yeah. Some of this stuff is good. Mark is awesome. Mark, Mark is always positive. Uh, Tommy's super positive, uh, you yeah. know, and, and, and Dave is Dave, you know, Dave, <laughs> Dave, is Dave. Dave, Dave is just yeah. <laughs> a super fan, man. He loves everything. Right. And, uh, and good for him. See, and that's not to go on a tangent here, but that's one of the misconceptions I think people get with me being a, a former WWE guy, because my entire right. career has been WWE. Right. Despite the fact that post WWE, I've, I've made a few small appearances for like House of Hardcore for Tommy. Um, I did one appearance for ROH up here in Toronto and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, for the most part, basically retired from from refereeing and stuff like that, and have moved on to broadcasting is what I do now. So when I watch, whether it's WWE or AEW, uh, I go in with an open mind, right. and I want to be entertained. And uh, if I critique something, regardless, because I do critique WWE just as much as I critique AEW, 
for some reason, when you critique one over another, people get all triggered about it, and I don't understand that. Wrestling fans getting triggered? No way. Yeah, it, <laughs> I don't understand. It's almost, it's this weird kind of thing that now that they're, I don't want to say that the fourth wall has been torn down. Right. But but now that there's this peak behind the fourth wall and, and, and there's an ability to get a better understanding of how the operation works a little bit, mm -hmm. it's almost like, People think, oh, now that I know how it works, I can, right. like, I could write the show. Yeah, and book I, me, and, Vince. I know what I'm yeah, doing. Yeah. yeah. And, Give me the I'm pencil. Like, yeah. Yes, exactly. And I'm like saying, it doesn't work like that. I've been, I've been a, a hockey fan, a Leaf fan for over 50 mm. years. I'm right. one of the few guys. Yes, I know. Oh, I'm no. one of the, the few guys who is still alive the last time they won the Stanley Cup. Against now, the Bruins, I consider wasn't my, it? No. Uh, what's that? Was it against the Bruins? Oh, it was so long ago. Who knows? It was 1967. That's oh, all I, I thought they'd won recently. No, sorry. Oh, no, no, no. no sorry. No, no, no. Get your hopes up. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Thanks. You did not. <laughs> oh, oh, got me right where it hurts. Right oh, there. come on. Standing? Yeah, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> no, you're thinking the Raptors who, who, and the Blue Jays who have since then. But anyways, uh, I, I consider myself a hardcore hockey fan. I love hockey. Mm -hmm. I watch it. I think I know about the game enough where I could say, wow, that – you know, this guy's playing well. That guy's not doing so good. He's having an off game, whatever. But for the life of me, I don't think I can go behind the bench and coach a team to a Stanley Cup. Right. You know, it, it, that's a completely different ball game. You could a lot more than me. <laughs> uh, probably not, though. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Jimmy, of course, uh, let's just start right at the beginning. What got you into pro wet wrestling, I'm assuming, as you get at a young age? And then oh, yeah. please tell me, from that passion, how did that develop into you actually becoming a referee in the business? Okay, trying to make a long story. As a young kid up here in Toronto, growing up in Toronto, we were so privileged that we got so many different wrestling shows uh, over the course of a weekend on Saturdays and Sundays. We got, right. of course, the staple up here was Maple Leaf Wrestling run by the Tunnies. Mm, right. And most, most of their talent came from the Mid-Atlantic region. But that being said, we used to get a, the Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling weekly show from the Buffalo right. affiliate station. Uh, the, I think the Buffalo CBS affiliate, I could be wrong. Uh, so we had Maple Leaf wrestling. We had that uh, on Saturday nights after the, the hockey night in Canada on the Kitchener station, not far from which we got, we had all-star wrestling from Vancouver. And then we also on the weekend got international wrestling from Montreal, stampede wrestling from Calgary. Right. Uh, there was just so much wrestling on television up here. Mm -hmm. and and I gravitated to it, you know, it just, it, it clicked. Right. And, and when I got old enough to be able to start attending live, like my brother took me to my first live event at Maple Leaf Gardens when he was uh, in high school and I was just a youngster, he's nine years older than I am. And I couldn't understand why him and his buddies were cheering for all the bad guys. Right. You know, like for, for the original Sheik and stuff like that. And I'm going, what's wrong with you guys? You know, I didn't get it. You know what I mean? They, they were, they were, they were, Smart, smart fans, I guess you want to call it for, right. for lack of term. But anyway, so I couldn't wait for, uh, for when I got old enough to be able to go on my own. So, right. you know, when I was, I would go and I would go to every Maple Leaf Garden show because they ran every three weeks like clockwork. And I would bring my camera, take pictures of the boys because I had second row ringside right beside this ramp that you see it on AEW now, the ramp that goes from the stage right. level to the Right to Maple the rink, Leaf, yeah. Yeah. Maple Leaf Gardens had that where they'd walk out of the locker room, they'd go up like three, four steps, and then there was a, a they called it the ramp that was level with the ring that the guys would walk to the ring to. 
And I was right beside that. So the guys would walk right by me. And I'm taking wow. all these pictures and stuff like that. And I'd come back the next show. There was a, um, a photo um, developing place up here called Direct Film. They used to double mm-hmm. your prints for a dollar. So I would make a set for myself, double them for a dollar, and go back and sell them at the next show. Oh, wow. Brilliant. Yeah. Know how to work. So th- yeah. So it was, <laughs> you know, fueling my wrestling habit. It was paying for my ticket. It was paying for the parking. It was, pay- you know what I mean? It was like, this is cool. I'm getting to, to watch and do what I love, but for free. Yeah. And then Elio Zarlenga, who was the guy who took photographs for the, the program in Toronto and worked for Jack Tunney, um, I didn't know who he was. Right. This guy walks up to me outside Maple Leaf Garden and says, hey, can I see your pictures? I said, absolutely. Uh, he says, hey, you take pretty good pictures. I go, thanks. They're two bucks each. And he goes, oh, great. You, you can't sell them. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean I can't sell them? He says, no, no, you can't sell them. That's like a, like a, he's, he's copyright infringement. Trademark yeah, pretty much. He's, yeah, yeah. He's like going into this stuff. And I said, yeah, so who the hell are you? He says, well, I work for Jack Tunney. And I went, oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> like, like, okay, busted. Here we go. Yep. And and he's like, uh, he, he was cool, real cool dude. He says, I'll tell you what. I won't turn you in. I won't take your pictures, but do me a favor. Just like there was a hotel like uh, a little ways down called the Carlton Inn. He said, go down that way and don't hang out <laughs> right in front of Maple Leaf Gardens and do it yep. where everybody could see you. Just kind of move down there and, and – we became friends and he introduced me to Jack trying to get me on as a photographer. Right. And so I got introduced to Jack Tunney and Jack said, well, we don't need another photographer, but we'll find something for the kid to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, this is so cool. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. And, you know, and it started off like everything else, you know, uh, go to the airport and pick up uh, so-and-so go to the airport and pick up uh, uh, Hulk Hogan, which was like, Oh my God. So Jack, wow. You know, Jack would hand me the keys to his Fleetwood Cadillac and say, go go pick up Andre the Giant at the Marriott by the airport. You know what I mean? Stuff like yes, that. Sir. And it was like, okay, now we're off to the races. And you're how old at this time? Uh, man, maybe late, te- early 20s. If Okay. Yeah. So I'm just a young guy. So, like, here I am picking up guys like Andre and Hulk and, and Macho and Liz and stuff like that and driving this big blue Fleetwood Cadillac and wow, you know, thinking I'm on top of the world here getting to do all this stuff, you know? And then, uh, eventually, uh, one day, uh, I want to say it was like about a year of doing that and helping out with the ring and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pat Patterson, who is basically Vince's right hand man, lead right. agent right. went to Jack Tunney and said, uh, I don't want to do the bad French. <laughs> but he said hey you know what we got the kid here he's doing all this stuff he's, yeah. he's here and you know he just sits around waits for the show to end why don't we use him well maybe we'll make him a referee and in said, and I'm, I'm standing like right there like right. jack says well i don't know if we want to smarten the kid up hmm. and pat goes he's in the locker room with the boy he hangs <laughs> out with them How, what do you mean smarten him up so Pat turns to me and he just says, you know, you know what you do? You go get black sneakers, black pants, uh, a light blue shirt, and a black bow tie. Carry it with you all the time. And just show up. There you go. Yeah. And I said, fine. And there it was like, I'm waiting for somebody to at least talk to me and help me out. Nothing. It just one day at a house show, a live event up in Newmarket, Ontario, uh, Rene Goulet, who was the agent at the time, he says, hey, you got your rough stuff with you. And I said, yeah. Mm. Just put it on. You're repping tonight. And wow. part of me wanted to say, but I've never refereed before. What do I do? <laughs> you know, like, uh, I, like, how can I do this? And then the other side of me 
if I do that, maybe I won't get this right. opportunity again. Right. You so got to make it. So, so I said, okay. He says, yeah, you're doing SD Jones versus the Red Demon, who is Jose Luis Rivera. The guy okay. The mask. He yep. says, uh, get with them. They'll tell you what they need. I said, okay. So luckily SD and I were really good friends at the time. So I said, SD, I said, I'm refing your match tonight. He says, okay, great. I said, got to tell you, I've never refereed a match before. Oh, okay. Just listen to me. I'll talk you through it. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay. And so you, no, no pre notes. You learned in the ring. I, it, yep. And, and, wow. And after that first match, you know, then, then the veteran guys were kind of like, uh, okay, here, mm-hmm. let's talk to you. And then they started, yeah. you know, filling me in on certain things in it. But that first match, it was like SD talked me through the whole thing. Do you remember who went over that night? SD. Okay. Yeah, it was SD. Okay. And that, that's how it started. Yep. That's how it started. Wow. Danny, you want to shoot one? Uh, back back in that day, yeah, I thought of a quick question as you told me that story. Back in the day, so it's your first match, and you've never mm-hmm. you've never refed, and SD says he's going to walk you through it. In that time in wrestling, how much in-ring talk between the wrestlers and the ref was there? Hmm. Um, it it was, um, I, I want to, hard to explain, but it's a little more than you see today because everything today is more planned out in advance the match mm-hmm. oh we're going to do this then we'll do this and after you hit me with this i'll hit you with this and it's right. like very more choreographed yeah it feels that way back then it was like there was a lot more uh they had a game plan feeling right, it out, you know, bullet points. but it was but it was but it was more like you know Okay, I'll get. I'll, I'll start off. I'll shine a bit on you, and then you cut me off. Get your heat, and then, mm-hmm, right. then, then you know, I'll make my big comeback. Hit you with this, and then big, go home. Yeah, the four bullet points. Yeah, yeah, and, and there you go. And uh, you know, and every once in a while, and make sure you get your so and so move in or something like that. You know, it, but now it's like after we do this, then we'll do this. And one of the one of my pet peeves today is at times you noticeably can see guys waiting. Yes. Waiting in position for right. the move to happen. And, you know, th- again, that's one of my little critiques right. that it's like, right. it doesn't feel natural, if that makes sense. It does. Okay. Well, Jimmy, speaking of that right there, without giving us away too much, can you tell us one thing that every wrestling fan watching any product, any promotion needs to know about whether how a match is put together, what's happening while you're in the middle of the match, just something that as we're watching – you know, helps us helps make it more enjoyable to watch. Um, you know what? I, I think if if you try to, for a fan, you know, like putting a match together, obviously is not easy because the guys want to do and perform the best they can to get a reaction from the audience. And and nowadays, obviously, the challenge is that there is no audience there to get the reaction <laughs> right. from. So it's right. so it, it it is more challenging for guys to put matches together because when the audience is there, if they're not reacting, you can kind of adjust on the fly. And say, okay, what we're doing ain't working. Okay, let's try something else, and and, and kind of change gears if that makes sense. Yes. Uh, but with the audience there, uh, not there, you know, everything seems so planned. And here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, the other challenge too is, uh, especially in WWE, because at least at AEW they've got a few people outside making noise, some background noise that right kind of helps out a little bit, you know, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It, like uh, this week's NXT, it was very quiet. Very well. So the communication between talent in the ring and the referee becomes more challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the maybe the ring isn't mic'd as mm-hmm. hot as it could be. Right. So that you know 
you can discreetly pass messages, especially because the referees are passing the times onto the guys. Right. You know, because like, let's say, you know, you've been allotted 15 minutes for this match. You're kind of five minutes left, three minutes left. Yeah, exactly. Okay, guys, let's go home. You know, that kind of stuff. But you have to do it in a way where it looks like you're doing it in in the process of enforcing. Right. Hey, break off the ropes. Come on, back up two more minutes. You know, that kind of stuff. Like you kind of sneak it in there, you know. Absolutely. Well, Jimmy, I would be remiss if we didn't talk about the granddaddy of them all, the showcase of the immortals. It's WrestleMania season. Uh, can you please tell all of us what is your fondest WrestleMania memory and the favorite, and maybe, maybe if it's the same thing, was it the favorite match that you worked? Yeah, both. Um, okay. Uh, it's got to be edge and taker at WrestleMania 24 is always mm-hmm. going to be special to me for many reasons. Hey, it's a great match. It was a great match uh, uh, to, you know, you don't want to throw the word out there lightly, but two real legends and icons of this business. Uh, and I'm a big Undertaker guy to begin yes, with anyways. Yes. And he, the dead man is my guy. And, of course, Edge, hometown boy, even though Orangeville yes. is a little bit north of Toronto, but we consider that hometown anyways. Um, the, the special thing for me was not only the fact that I got to, got to work that match and, and be a part of it was um, – I wasn't originally scheduled to referee that match. Right. And um, about, I want to say two weeks before we were in Little Rock, Arkansas, taping uh, SmackDown, and Edge walked into the locker room. We were just hanging out. Everybody's like a, like a normal day at TV. And he said, Jimmy, got a second. Can I talk to you? And I said, yeah, absolutely. He said, what's up? He said, uh, um, WrestleMania, Taker and I want you to ref our match. Mm. I said, oh, wow. That's, I, that means so much, but I'm, I'm not the guy to talk to. I'm not in charge of that stuff. He said, oh, right. don't worry about it. Taker's taking care of it. Said, okay, then. You know? <laughs> wow. Have and you done I, a lot I, of Taker I, matches by then? Yeah. 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 I worked a lot with Taker. And, and I'm again, not to go back to the, the role of a referee, the referee is not supposed to be a distraction. Right. Uh, right. A referee, a referee is supposed to be unseen until he needs to be seen. He's correct. He's part of, he's part of the story, but he's helping the guys tell their story. Right. So, but with Taker, it was a little bit different because you want to make, do some reaction stuff with him mm-hmm. and not, not be totally over the top. Like, obviously, you're scared and a little bit leery of the Undertaker character, mm-hmm. but you don't want to go, oh, like this, you know? Right, all, right. All it has to be is when he turns to you, you just go, oh. You mm-hmm. know, something subtle. It doesn't yeah. have to be over yeah. the top gotcha. because, because te- technically it's not about you. Mm-hmm. The other guy, right. the heel, could be the guy who's, I don't know what kind of language restriction. uh, (laughs) whatever you're comfortable with no but uh, you know the heel could be the guy who's scared shitless Mm. you know i am too but i can't be reacting over the top that's his job right (laughs) you know what i mean i'm just there to help facilitate the story being told you know jimmy what's funny about that match for me and standing please feel free to reflect on it a little bit for you as well was we had seen edge in different scenarios like when he cashed in money in the bank on john cena the rivalry the two of them had in 2006 uh, but that match with Undertaker and Edge, I didn't watch it live. I watched it on the DVD when it came out, like two months later. Um, that was the first time I'd ever seen someone allow Edge to show just how good Edge is, if that makes any sense. Because we'd seen him take risks. We'd seen the spears. We'd seen the high-risk maneuvers. But technically, the reversals, how he kicked out of things, how he set up the Undertaker. and di- when, under- when you thought Undertaker's gone for this move 100 times, it always connected. But on this time with Edge, it didn't connect. You know, th- those kind of mm-hmm. things, I walked away from there with so much more respect for Edge than I did that Undertaker got the win. Because, of course, I was pulling for Taker. 
right. because I pull for the faces and I boo the heels. Right. But at the end of that match, I found myself going, holy cow, how good is Edge? And, that, and I, that was, yeah. That's just no. like Bully says every day. Some, just because you don't go over doesn't mean you don't get over. And Edge got exactly. over that night. He did. Exactly. And he also says, and he's completely right about this, uh, obviously it's not written in stone, but guys usually don't, uh, air quote here, get it yeah. until yeah. they get to that like mid-30s, late-30s, mm-hmm. yep. almost into their 40s kind of thing. You know what I mean? And, and Edge, as talented as he was uh, and as good as he was psychology-wise, he really excelled in that match, and a lot of it yes. had to do because Taker is a great storyteller. Yes, you know, and and it everything it just felt so good that night. Everything felt like it clicked. Absolutely, Jimmy. Uh, with the crazy coronavirus circumstances right now, um, what do you think is going to be the hardest and maybe most difficult obstacle for the referees and the wrestlers, the talent, to deal with at this year's WrestleMania? Um. Other than other than than the communication we talked about a little bit earlier, again, it's that this uncharted water, like WrestleMania, everybody's so geared to having like now seventy thousand people or yeah. whatever it is inside of a stadium and getting that crazy noise, and and you're not going to have that, and it's mm-hmm. going to feel completely different, and it's going to be unique. I'm not saying it's going to be bad or good, right? Either way, I, again, going in with an open mind, I'm keeping my mind open. I'm I'm hopefully going to be entertained. Uh, and as we know, it has been taped already. Right. And, and thank you to whoever has been keeping a secret, not putting spoilers out thank there. You. Thank you, guys. Finally. I, you know what I mean? Yes. So the challenge, I think, again, as we talked about, without having that audience there, uh, as the match is progressing, like I said, you, there's no gauge to change the match on the fly. Which WrestleMania match this weekend do you think is going to be the hardest one to really have the WrestleMania caliber performance that we're so used to because of these circumstances um i think the caliber performance will be there but the reaction again like there's so much emotion tied up in the edge and randy orton match Mm -hmm. you you know uh, they've done a masterful job of telling that story of the comeback and now the comeback being squashed and and uh, you know randy talking about how ed basically saved his career and he's trying to save him by 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 ending his or so you know the story being told there has has been brilliant and that's a match that needs an audience to feed off of right. or the audience, you know, to get that, that immediate reaction. And I'm not saying it's going to hurt the match. Those guys are going to go all out. They're going to perform. They're going to give us one hell of an effort. But again, without that, that crowd noise, it's going to be very difficult. for them. Is that the match you would ref this weekend? Or is there another one that you really would want to be a part of? Uh, if I had a choice, that would be the one. Uh, that mean, would be again, the one? Yeah. Um, a, there's not a lot of rules to follow in the last man standing <laughs> you match. You got so to do very true. Yeah, I don't have to do a lot of enforcing. Um, All you got to do is count to ten. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and yeah. and you know, um, either that or maybe. Again, I'm a taker guy, which is kind of cool. But I I got this thing about cemeteries. I, I'm assuming that's where it's taking place, and that's probably. Now. And uh, or an airplane field. Oh, there you go. <laughs> some some people won't get that, but that's all right. Uh, yeah. Uh, because back at, back in the day, the Boneyard match was actually in the back of the bus on the overseas tours where they played dominoes. Mm. You know, but interesting old school reference to to dominoes being called bones. But absolutely, I digress. <laughs> Danny, go ahead. I'm just overwhelmed with that reference to uh, bones as dominoes. Um, I 
I think the, the, to comment just on uh, the toughest match that we're going to see at WrestleMania with no fans is is going to be that ladder, the tag team ladder match, the SmackDown. Oh yeah. Which I'm not quite sure what they're going to do. Yeah, I know. I don't know because I believe Miz is not in it, unfortunately. And right. it's going to be one interesting to see what happens. And two, even if Miz was healthy, putting two, four, six guys in a ladder match with nobody in the arena, it's mm. going to be difficult to take those risks and bumps without feeding off of the crowd. I would assume. Right. I'm not a wrestler, right. but I would assume. No, no, no. You're absolutely right. It is challenging because now you think back to WrestleMania 2000 and, yeah. and X7 where, yep. where the, the three-way uh, TLC matches took place and, and maybe the best one ever at uh, at the, the 17 in, uh, in Houston. I mean, like, or San Antonio. Oh, man. I, can't. It, mm. I know it was Texas. Let's yeah, it was, I think it was Houston. Uh, Seven, again, yeah, 17 was Houston. Yeah, it, it just... Astrodome. Yeah, again, it's a challenge for for all the matches, but there are certain matches like the last man standing, like the ladder match. Those are especially challenging. And, and yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how, how those turn out. Well, Jimmy, uh, before the show started, we talked to you and asked your permission on this. And uh, you said, absolutely. So uh, <laughs> Joe, our, uh, our co-host, but also he's running tech and audio tonight. Joe, can you please pipe in one of Jimmy's biggest fans and what we call the mini Jimmy, uh, WWE front row. Uh, Mr. Front row. Mr. Front Row should be on right now, but I do have a quick question before we go to uh, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy, okay. this comes from Scott in Long Island. He would like to know, uh, would you like a LaGreca head, sir? <laughs> would I like one? Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, I just don't know if the, if it would, you know, pass customs coming up here to Canada. Probably not. not. It, it already yeah. has, sir. It already oh. has before, so we oh. can Oh, well, I'm sure we could work something out and perch it on top of your turnbuckle back there. All oh right. yeah. Um... <laughs> yeah. By the way, yeah, this is this is an actual corner pad turnbuckle from WrestleMania Six at the Sky Dome here in Toronto. Unbelievable. Full disclosure, I snagged it without anybody's knowledge. <laughs> so, when you were taking down the what's been on it? Were you yeah, taking down the ring, exactly. Jimmy? Statues of limitations have run out. I'm sorry. What was that? Were you breaking um, down so the we... ring? Yes. And, yes. and you snagged the turnbuckle. Of course. Good for you. I need a souvenir from there. Good you know, for you. It's funny because I, I told the story to, to my old longtime close personal friend, Arda, that uh, going into that, you know, they always brought in some celebrity to sing the right. national anthem yep. and they brought in Robert Goulet. Oh. Who, mm. if you haven't watched the old film that show, you have no idea who this guy is. <laughs> so uh, he comes in and they were under the assumption he was Canadian. His parents are Canadian. Right. But he was born in the U- U.S. and I don't know how I ended up in the room with him and Pat, Pat, Pat Patterson again. And he just, like, we're like half an hour from doors opening. And he goes, you know, I don't know the words to O Canada. And Pat's like, what do you mean you don't know the words to O Canada? Uh-oh. Aren't you Canadian? <laughs> he says, no, my parents are. I was born in, like, I think he said Boston or wherever the heck he said he was. And I'm sitting there, and I'm I, under my breath, I'm laughing. My you know what I mean? Like, I'm right, but I don't want to do it out loud and, you know, piss people off. So Pat looks at me and says, Jimmy, you're from here. Do you know O Canada? I said, of course I do. He says, well, teach it to him. I said, how am I supposed to teach him the words O Canada? And then for some reason, I just thought, hey, they have a big jumbotron out there. I said, why don't you just put the words on the jumbotron and he could like read them from there. So they go, okay. So they went out there for 10 minutes and they figured out that, okay, we'll just put the words up on the jumbotron and he did it from there. That's a great story. (laughs) 
Uh, hey, Jimmy, can uh, we go out to uh, Mr. WWE front row at this time right now? He's absolutely. got a question for you. Yeah, All right, uh, front row, you're up on the Nation Show, my friend. Mr. Corderas, how are you this evening? I'm good, man. How are you? My doppelganger. <laughs> <laughs> I am well. I am honored just to be compared, sir. <clears throat> oh, my goodness. But you spoke, you spoke earlier about the role of <laughs> Jeff. Well, what a, you, you what a picture. About the, <laughs> that was a Rodney Garver special. Um, you spoke earlier about the role of a referee and sort of finding that balance between being present and sort of out of the way at the same time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's always important to us as fans to have someone in there as an official who we can trust, whether it's a Jimmy Corderas or a Charles Robinson or even a Aubrey uh, from AEW. So I was wondering, why do you think WWE moved away from, you know, naming the referees and giving us that, you know, big fight, real sport feel? Great question. Um, that is a great question. Um, I was always a proponent of not overemphasizing the referees, but at least a little bit of recognition. You know, you're official for this match, Charles Robinson. Or mm -hmm. I was a huge, I was a huge Tommy Young guy, man. I thought mm -hmm. Tommy was phenomenal, and and uh, there have been some great referees over the years. It's it's. I think in their mindset, they they in their minds, the talent are the stars, right? And and rightly or wrongly, they figured. The less you mention the referee, the more out of sight, out of mind he is. Um, but I, then again, my feeling is you can always acknowledge that he's there, mention the person by name, but still not make him a focal point. And I, to this day, I, I didn't, I've never asked why they, they, they went that route, but I wish they would at least just say, hey, you know, so-and-so well, -so referee, uh, you know, Drake Wirtz is doing a hell of a job in this match. And I right. think they do at times in NXT, but rarely. It's rare. Jimmy, are you surprised when you see referees like Aubrey, like Jessica over in uh, WWE, are you surprised at just how phenomenal they are uh, compared to their male counterparts to do this job? No. Uh, I, we knew that uh, just like you see female talents in the ring, wrestlers yes. that are that are excellent and excel, and, and you get a Tessa Blanchard, you get a, a Charlotte Flair, you get people mm. like that who... Uh, you could put them in the ring with guys, and they can right. hold their own. Why not with referees? And it's nice to see that the ladies are getting an opportunity to show that. And, uh, you know, I, I have a feeling you'll probably see a, a little bit more of it. I mean, I don't want it to be. I really hope so. Yeah, I don't want it to be done as a way to say, hey, look, we're putting female referees out there. Right. You know, there are some good female referees out there, and they will get their opportunities. But don't do it just just to do it, if that makes sense. Right. Fannin, do you have anything else? Uh, I just wanted to make a comment. Uh, the refs are talents, Jimmy. I believe yes. that, so okay. at least we can yeah. mention them. Um, and do you do you believe that uh, referees in general are um, underrated and not represented enough in the Hall of Fame, at least the WWE they, Hall of Fame? I'll put uh, my vote in. They better go in soon. I, I I would love to see it. I'd like to see, like I said, I'd love to see some recognition for the the guys who put in just as much time on the road. Uh, you know, away yes. from the families and stuff as, as, as everybody else. Um, you know, I, I was corrected the, last week by someone who said that technically there is a referee in the Hall of oh, Fame. Boy. Uh, yeah, Teddy Long. Mm. But Teddy Long didn't go into the Hall of Fame specifically as a referee. He was a general right. manager. He was a manager. Right. You know, he was pretty much a jack of all trades. Right. So he did not go in specifically as a referee. He was, he, he, you know, he had the referee role for a little while. 
but that's it. So he didn't go in. So he didn't go specifically as a referee. So I'm standing right. by the fact that there really are no referees. What What about the uh, hardest bump you've ever taken? Oh yeah, I was about to ask that. Ooh, um, it. You know what? It's it's the one that seemed like no big deal, but it's because it knocked knocked me out. Was it WrestleMania four? My first WrestleMania where Jimmy Hart. Uh, it was. Brutus Beefcake and the Honky Tonk Man, and Jimmy Hart jumped on the apron, and when I turned my back, he clocked me with a megaphone. <laughs> oh, which was fine. That oh. was actually fine. But because it's WrestleMania, you know, this is my first WrestleMania. I'm still a young pup, and I want to make it look good. So I, so I, I pancake out. Yeah. Well, when I pancaked out, my I put my hands down, but my hands shot out, and my yeah. chin, like, oh, no. yeah, the rings back then were a lot stiffer than the rings that they have mm-hmm. today. Right. So my, my chin hit, and I blacked out. That was it. Now, my question mm-hmm. now, my, I'll follow up on that. WrestleMania 4, one yep. of my favorite WrestleManias, yes. underrated, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Did you return that night to ref? No. Good. No, I did selling it. He, no offense, Jimmy. That's, he I had no babe. choice. Yeah. I had no choice. I was like, if, if you go back and you watch, the, the, the crazy thing is, um, uh, I was – Supposed to eventually come to and ring the bell, but uh, the only thing I remember is is I, I want to say it was Joey Morella came out. And oh, he's Joey Morella, like, uh, you know, and he's going, "Are yeah. you okay? Are you okay?" And I'm like, "Huh, <laughs> huh?" You know, like I'm 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 not there. Right. So they just right. ended the match. It didn't really change the finish. It was supposed right. to be a DQ anyway. So, um, so I'm being helped back by him and Danny Davis, and Danny Davis literally had to grab the back of my pants. And my belt to, to to hold me up and drag me. You can see my oh, man. dragging behind me. And I get to the back and it's New Jersey, right? So the athletic commission's there and the guy's going to me, are you all right? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. He says, are you sure you're all right? I said, yeah, I'm okay. He says, how many fingers? I go, two. He goes, okay, you're good. <laughs> you know, of course, years later, you're going, that's the test? <laughs> right. <laughs> that That's the CT test? <laughs> oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> oh, man. Jimmy, it has been an absolute honor, privilege. Thank you so much for giving us any time. I really thank you. Uh, where can we find you on social media, and what do you got coming up in the near future? Oh, oh, on social media, at Jimmy Corderas on Twitter, at Real Jimmy Corderas on Instagram, because apparently somebody else stole my name. I don't know. Unless oh, there's another man. Jimmy, unless there's another – maybe it's front row. Uh, no, I was like, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Hi, I'm from Real Jimmy Corderas. Yeah, there you go. But um, – yeah, so I do my daily ref and rants uh, during the weekday. Weekends I take off, but uh, it's just a, a minute thing on on Instagram and, and Twitter and, and Facebook just to have a little fun. And and uh, it's meant as a small critique. It's not supposed to be me crapping on something. I'm trying right. to keep things positive, but like Busted Open, my critiques are supposed to be in, in the sense of I'd like to see things improve. I don't want right. to see anybody go out of business, contrary to popular opinion. I want everybody to succeed in this business. And... Uh, up here in Canada, we do a little show called Aftermath, like I said, with uh, with Caroline and uh, Nug and Anthony. And uh, like I said, we're not in studio right now, so we're trying to do this online thing, and we're, we're doing as best we can. And everybody out there, please stay safe, you know, maintain all the protocols, and we'll, we'll get through this, but we have to do this together. Absolutely. Jimmy, again, thank you so much for giving us this time tonight. It's an absolute honor and privilege to speak to someone like you. We hope and pray you stay safe and you stay healthy up there, you and your family. And uh, looking forward to talking to you hopefully again in the near future. 
Oh, I'm sure we'll do this again. This was a lot of fun. Thank you guys very Thank much. Thank you, Jimmy. Stay safe, guys. Fun for us as well. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Have a, blue, have a great evening. You too. All right. Oh, man. I'm thinking I had a lot of questions uh, that I, <laughs> I, I could have asked, and I kept looking at my watch. Yeah, same like, here. Oh, man, we got to let him go soon. But I really wanted to touch base. I wanted to. I didn't want to end the show on it, but I really wanted to talk to him about uh, Owen Hart because he was. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, wow. unfortunately, uh, he was in the ring that night, and I yeah. I would have loved his take on it and, uh, you know, get a sneak peek. Like he, I'm, I would assume, I would assume he's in the dark side of the ring show that will probably end season probably. two. Uh, this guy's called the Standing Streamer. Wrestling with regret, and you're watching putting you over.